Welcome back to the Thought Bubble Podcast. My name is Laura Swanson, and I have my bachelor's and master's degree in social work. I am currently working as a therapist in outpatient mental health in New York City. Today, we are going to explore the world of introversion and extroversion and what that looks like in the social work field, particularly what it looks like to be an introverted therapist. Now, I personally identify as an introverted person. Um, Of course, you probably got that based on you know, the essence of this podcast. Introverts, according to positivepsychology.com, they have an element to their personality where their interests are more inward. Their motivation often derives from, you know, being very thoughtful and engaged with their feelings. They're more reflective, private, and spend more time in their thoughts. Introverts are quite the opposite, as we all know. Their interests are directed externally and in the surrounding environment. They often get a lot of joy in social events and social interaction and often feel energized by it, while introverts crave that time alone and need that time away from others to renew their energy. Extroverts are generally more assertive, adaptive, risk-taking, and sociable. Carl Jun was actually the very first person to suggest that differences like this in personalities existed, but he spoke more in terms of libido, which is not what we're talking about here. Obviously, now psychology has moved onward, and it's more in terms of someone's personality and where they get their, I guess, social energy from. Jung also suggested that there was a third category right in the middle on the spectrum of introversion and extroversion. Ambiverts draw energy from both external environment and their internal selves. These people are viewed in psychology to be more flexible between the two poles of introversion and extroversion. As we continue this conversation today, it's important to understand that all people fall on the spectrum. Just like many mental health diagnoses today, it is a spectrum. On one end, there is introversion. On the other end, there is extroversion. And in the middle, there is being an ambivert. We all fall somewhere on that spectrum. And sometimes we may find energy differently based on the situation. But I think overall, we all have some kind of category we might fall into in general terms, right? So generally, I would identify as an introverted individual, but there are situations where I do have more extroverted qualities. Now, I think there is, there has been a debate on you know, being outgoing versus being shy and how that's different than being an introvert and an extrovert. Based on the research and reading that I did, it kind of, a, a lot of that literature pointed towards introverts being more reserved, which could potentially look like being more shy. So I'm not necessarily saying that's true, but sometimes it can appear that way. Um, and a lot of the literature also points to extroverts, you know, being more outgoing and that kind of thing. So in terms of that argument, it's not really something that we're seeing here But there also is not a whole bunch of research about introversion and extroversion. You know, it's kind of honestly a new-ish topic, even though it's been around since Carl Jung in the beginning of the 1900s, but that's still relatively new. Um, So today we're going to talk about being an introverted therapist and how that works within practice. As a person who is an introverted therapist, I can tell from firsthand experience that it's very interesting and complex. Typically, I am a pretty reserved individual and I tend to keep to myself. I read a lot, I write a lot, and I particularly love the time 
that I spend by myself. Um, as a therapist, depending on the day, I may see up to 10 clients for 45-minute therapy sessions each, unless it's a group or a family therapy session. I can say confidently that at the end of the day, I am drained emotionally and mentally. Being open, creating therapeutic space, and working intensely with people the whole entire day back to back is a lot for anyone, but particularly for introverts who are drained by extensive social interaction. Now, introverts do tend to interact socially more when it is on a one-on-one basis, which I think is why I am comfortable being a therapist, is because it is on a one-on-one basis, with the exception of when I do... um, therapy groups or family sessions. What I what I found when I do work, however, is that even though I'm not fond of social events and I'm not an outgoing individual, a switch was flipped. It's like some part of me, something flipped when I entered the role of therapist. In my personal life, I'm really not a good conversationalist. But in sessions, I'm really able to connect with my clients and speak at length with them. We never really run out of things to say. Um, And my passion for the work really overrode any lack of sociability that I had. You know, any of that shyness or that nervousness that I have um, really goes away as a therapist. So I think that's very interesting. I'm not sure if any other people are like that way either. If you are, feel free to share. That'd be comforting. Um... But I think it's an interesting concept that because I am so passionate about the work and I love what I do, that passion does override that sense of shyness and that desire to, I don't know, uh, not speak a lot. Now, it is important to know that the use of silence and of not speaking in therapy is also very useful. And so introverts are naturally leaning towards that way. So that skill, I think, is also important in therapy and something that can be utilized a lot is the use of silence and of just creating space for something and allowing the client to pursue that if they wish. Research has shown that introverts learn more through observation and they have high levels of empathy and active listening skills. Obviously, we don't, I mean, we don't want to get all, you know, up in arms because that's not to say introverts are not good at active listening and that they're not empaths, but introverts and both introverts and extroverts are empaths. But introverts are naturally more attuned to their thoughts and feelings and therefore more aware and conscious of others' thoughts and feelings. There are many qualities of introversion that overlap with being a great therapist. Just because you are introverted, it does not mean you cannot be a good social worker or therapist. And I will say this, obviously today we are talking about introversion. This is not to exclude extroversion. This is simply because I myself am an introverted therapist. So I have a good idea of what this experience is like. And I want to share that with you all. People who are extroverts can obviously be fabulous therapists and social workers as well and have their own set of strengths and qualities in their extroversion that allow them to be good at this job. Now, we know that being an introverted therapist can have a positive impact for our clients because we are able to connect in that way and have that deep sense of empathy and active listening skills. But what is the impact on the therapist? Like I said earlier, the work can be very draining. So you absolutely need your time to rejuvenate and to be alone. Giving yourself time and space throughout the day to be an introvert can be incredibly helpful and has helped me cope with the work, especially when it is a particularly busy day and I do have a whole entire day of seeing clients. 
back to back. Um, so some tips that I've found when I'm in the office space, um, obviously at this time it's a little bit different because I'm working from home, um, slowly actually starting next week, I will be working out of the office one day a week, but still doing teletherapy with my clients. Um, but in terms of the office space, making your office something that is warm, comfortable, cozy. You know, it's not just for the clients. You know, creating a comfortable and open space isn't just for our clients. It's helpful and everything, but it's also for us because we do hard work, you know, connecting and being vulnerable and open and using therapeutic skills the whole entire day is tough. And so having a space and environment we also feel comfortable and cozy and safe in is important for us too. And particularly for introverts, obviously, since that's the topic of conversation, having that space where when the client leaves at the end of the session, you feel comfortable and you can take that moment to relax for a second. Another tip is to not schedule clients on top of each other. Um, What I try to do is see clients every hour on the hour. So I have 15 minutes in between clients because I do 45 minute sessions. Now, this is not a perfect system because there are days when I see clients every 45 minutes um, and it's back to back to back to back. On days like that, it is very draining and I don't have that time in between clients to really take a breath. Uh, Giving yourself a few minutes in between clients is important as an introvert, but it's also important as a therapist because that gives you the time to reflect on the session. It gives you time to assess your practice, assess the client's progress and treatment and kind of what happened in the session. And it also gives you an opportunity to complete your progress note right then and there. Some days I don't do that during that 15 minute break. Some days I leave the office and I just, I take a walk for a few minutes and I'll wait to do my note at the end of the day. Um, Because I am in the office all day, my office also does not have a window. And so it's like I get there in the morning and it's nice and sunny outside um, and then I leave at night and it's dark (laughs) and that's not very fun. So there are times in between some client sessions that I do like to just get out of the office because 15 minutes in between clients is a pretty good chunk of time. Um, So even just allowing yourself an opportunity to go outside, get some fresh air, get some sunlight, serotonin, you know, those are all great things to take into consideration as well. Um, Another important aspect of preparing to be a therapist when you are an introvert is to have a morning and an evening routine. Um, So in terms of a morning routine, you want to be able to prepare for the day ahead of you in a calm and comforting way. So depending on the day, I like to make sure that there's not a lot of stimulation or overwhelm in the morning before work because I know that there's a busy day ahead of me. I also live in Manhattan and I grew up in a very rural area. So moving to New York City and living in a high stimuli (laughs) environment was a huge shift for me. Um, as a person, you know, just in terms of what I was used to, but also as an introvert. And so giving myself that time in the morning to just be in some peace and quiet and have a chill start to the day is really important for me. So I have a morning routine now because of coronavirus and quarantine and everything. My routine and schedule has been slacking. I've slowly been getting back into that habit, but it has been difficult. But typically, I do like to have a morning routine where I wake up early while the world is still very quiet, even in New York City. And I like to go for a nice walk in the morning or a run. Um, I really enjoy cardio. Cardio is something that helps me de-stress, process, um, 
and really just cope with the ins and outs of life. And in the mornings is really the only opportunity I have that because typically my work schedule, especially when we get back to the office, is going to be from 11 a.m. until 8 o'clock at night. And so by the time I get back, it'll usually be dark out. Um, in the summertime, obviously, it'll still be a little light outside, but it's really... I need to be able to utilize the mornings, which is why I always like to go for a walk or run in the morning. So I make sure I get outside and get some fresh air for that day. I also enjoy a nice cup of coffee or a cup of tea. Lately, I've been leaning towards coffee, but that's all right. Um, And I also lean on some spiritual beliefs. So I am a Christian. I read my Bible. I spend time in prayer. I meditate. Um, So doing anything like that. I used to do yoga in the morning as well, but that's actually a part of my evening routine now. Um, so any spiritual practices that you like to do that relieve stress and that make you feel calm and cool for the day. I also love journaling. Like I said earlier, I really enjoy reading and writing and I've input journaling into both my morning routine and my evening routine. So in the morning, I like to create goals for myself, um, and really kind of just process the beginning of the day, um, and, you know, set some nice, a nice positive calm tone for the day. Sometimes I also bring my journal to work with me. Obviously, I don't write anything about my clients down in there unless it's like within HIPAA regulation because it is a personal journal. You know, it's not like I'm leaving in my office. Um, So I do bring my journal with me um, to work. And if it's just like a difficult time, sometimes in between sessions during that 15 minute break, I do like to take some time to write. If I forget to bring my journal, I just open up Google Docs or I get a spare sheet of paper. At the end of the day, when I get home, I get home kind of late for work, honestly. My commute is about mm, 30 to 45 minutes. So if I leave right at 8 o'clock, that's to say if I get all my notes done on time and I'm not stuck there late, um, I would be getting home around 8.45. So at the end of the day, I like to end with some alone time. I've noticed that as soon as I get home, I really just go straight to my room, I change into some comfortable clothes, I make a cup of tea, and maybe I have a snack. Um, my eating schedule is kind of weird because of my work hours, but I kind of just take some time. I don't talk. I don't have my phone on. I kind of just put it down and I really take like a solid half an hour to an hour and just like lay down or just be by myself for a few minutes. Um, obviously, um, I am very blessed in the sense that I do live with a couple of other roommates. Right now, we're kind of in between roommates because two of them just moved out. So it's just me and one other individual. Um, I'm also, I'm not married. I don't have children. Like, I'm 22 years old. I live by myself, essentially, with the exception of my roommates. Um, I do have a partner who comes over, but a lot of the times he's really respectful of my time for intro, like my time to be an introvert. And it's kind of become our thing now where he notices when I'm very drained and he's just like, you know what, I'll call you back later. Or, you know, you call me back when you're ready. You need your introvert time. (laughs) And he calls it my introvert time. And that's something that he understands. So I'm very blessed in that sense that I also don't have children. So I don't have to worry about, you know, being a mom when I get home. And I do understand that that is a difficulty. Um, for many people who are introverts, but then they have to slip into that second role of being a parent as soon as they walk through the door. 
Um, but if you're able to, do an activity that brings joy to your soul and makes you feel good. That could be reading a good book. Um, I've really tried to step away from reading everything social work and crime and psychology related. That was a huge part of my life for a very long time. And I really thought that if I didn't read those books 24-7, I was like, I lost my passion for social work or I just, I don't even know what I thought, but now I've really stepped into this place of reading books that I find really enjoyable and fun that aren't not related to my work. So I even get that time to just enjoy reading, enjoy a solid fictional book for once. Um, writing, like I said before, going for a walk, taking a long shower, um, taking a bath, bubble bath, a little spa night, doing a face mask, uh, Sometimes I just lay down on the floor in my bedroom for a few minutes, and that might sound weird to some people, but that really helps me is just laying down on my back and I close my eyes. Maybe I have the lights off and I just sit. I just lay down in silence or I sit in silence uh, for a few minutes. I've gotten back into painting and some creative sides of me. I used to do scrapbooking a lot, um, writing, poetry, painting, sketching anything the possibilities are endless whatever brings that joy to you and is really just an outlet and what we would say to our clients is a coping skill whatever works for you and speaks to your mind body and soul and just remembering to check in with yourself you know make sure that you have those times throughout the day where you check in with how you're feeling how you're doing what's your level of energy you know um and meeting yourself where you're at and just always checking in with yourself is very important other challenges that come up with being an introverted therapist and social worker is at times a lack of assertiveness and connection with other clinicians that is something that my supervisor has wanted me to do a little bit more is network and connect with other clinicians in terms of assertiveness, though, if you're like me, there is a switch that goes off where, you know, you are a fierce advocate because you're passionate about the work and you'll get out of your comfort zone for a client. It is difficult. And for me, it did take time and practice for me to get there. But you will find your own style and your own rhythm. And I think that's the important part to remember is there is not one model of being a social worker. There is not one social work style. There's not one therapy style. We are all humans. We're all different. We all have different personalities. And we all have all those strengths that come with different personalities that add to who we are as a therapist and how we function as a therapist and social worker. So just remember, you know, just because your practice doesn't look like someone else's doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means you have your own style. That is also in terms of, you know, everything remains ethical and you're still practicing an evidence-based quality practice. But remember, we all do have our own style. Um, like I said earlier, networking is a part of any job. And sadly, for introverts, it is, is part of social work and therapy as well. I have gotten slightly better at kind of those water cooler small talk moments but again it's one of those things that takes time in practice um it's also been it becomes easier when you're at a working place for a significant period of time so i stayed on at my internship from my master's level internship in social work 
And so I had already had like a rapport and a familiarity with the agency, with the location, with the staff, with the other therapists. So it wasn't like I started a new job and kind of had to start all over again and be really shy and uncomfortable with people. They already knew me and they kind of knew my style and my personality. They knew that I was an introvert. They knew that I was pretty reserved. Um, eventually your coworkers will kind of figure you out and understand that you have an introverted personality. So do the best that you can and give yourself patience and grace. Um, I think a lot of the times what I've done is sometimes it is difficult for me to approach other people and initiate conversation, um, with like other clinicians to network and do all that kind of stuff. Um, but when they approach me, it's, I'm very comfortable about it. It's, I don't know if that's an introverted thing or if that's another part of my personality, but if someone approaches me for a conversation, I am a lot more comfortable and I do feel slightly more outgoing about it. And I don't know, I just speak a lot easier. It's a lot more difficult for me to approach someone else and initiate conversation. At the end of the day, being an introvert and being a therapist is difficult. I won't knock that at all. But the work is amazing and introverts have innate gifts and personalities that allow for deep personal connection, empathy, and a strong therapeutic relationship. We can relate to many people and understand the thoughts and feelings of many clients. Though the work is hard and it can be draining, we are still capable of outstanding of being outstanding therapists and social workers. It's important that we continue to take care of ourselves, listen to where you are, listen to what your body and soul are telling you, and remember to take that time for yourself. But you can be great as an introvert in the social work and mental health field. Thank you all so much for listening to today's podcast on being an introvert in the field of social work and mental health. If you relate to anything that we talked about today or you want to share your own experience, feel free to share it in the comments on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, feel free to check out my Etsy shop, my Teespring, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, Facebook, YouTube at the thought bubble or at the thought bub on my etsy you can find social work and therapy activities and resources on my teespring shop you can find social work and mental health merch like mugs sweatshirts tote bags things like that the links will be provided if you would like to donate to the thought bubble and help me to continue creating content like this you can go to my paypal account provided in the link Uh, Once again, thank you all so much for listening. I look forward to growing with all of you as social workers and therapists and continuing to work in the best field in the world. See you next time.